Hey everyone, it's another week of Find Your Film. This is episode 130. I am joined. This is going to be a really good show. I'm joined by my betters, Eric Holmes and Bruce Perky. We're, I don't know what we're going to, there's just so many things. We're ascending into a new plane, Bruce Perky. Are we ascending this week on Find Your Film? Is there, do you see the ascent or descent or descent or just ascent? What do you see? What kind of sense do you got? I don't want to ascend if we're going to ascend the way that they did in that movie. That's all I got to say. Okay. What about you? No, <laughs> no spoilers in the chat, please. No no spoilers in the chat, please. <laughs> that is Eric Holmes. I'm going to also start off the show by apologizing to Eric Holmes because several weeks ago I asked Eric Holmes, well, how come you're not keeping up with the mustache a couple of weeks ago? Then I shaved off my mustache and I actually looked at some old Find Your Film episodes from March. Eric Holmes, and you actually, for a while, you, you, we just don't notice these things because we see each other on a weekly basis. You had a full-on grown man mustache in March. Yeah. Did you? Were you aware of that? How long did you have the grown man mustache for? Did you notice that, Bruce? I, I just don't notice these things. You, you had a full-on, like... I always it, notice your mustaches. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Eric, I, I, I had it for, like, I had it for the show because, like, it, it was kind of growing out. And I shaved everything but the mustache, and I was like, I got to get rid of this. But, you know, we're recording tomorrow, and might as well just have it, have might it as well. recorded just for posterity. I'll, I'll pull out a mustache once in a while, but not too often. <laughs> it gets too itchy. Listeners, even though this show is explicit, that's not a double entendre. He'll literally pull out a mustache, maybe for an <laughs> upcoming episode. Stay Sometimes tuned. Sometimes I pull out of a mustache, too. <laughs> okay. Oh, boy. This is a, this is not a family show. This Bruce, is not cinematics, you, right? This is Find Your Film? This is Find Your Film, definitely. This is not right, cinematics. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Bruce, how, how are you doing, man? How are you? Are you okay? Are you, are you happy? <laughs> I'm you, okay. Yes, I'll say I'm okay. You're a, a okay. I think one of the reasons why you are a okay is a recent discovery of yours on a cinematic level. Can you tell our listeners what the director spotlight is this week and why have you been so obsessed over this person the last, I would say, almost even a month, that last maybe three weeks? Yeah, Larissa Shapitko, uh, Russian filmmaker, mostly worked, well, she pretty much only worked, I think, in the 60s and 70s because she passed away before 1980. And uh, we're going to talk about her because I don't think she gets talked about hardly at all. Okay. She's the director of a movie that we're covering called The Ascent. Bruce did some extra credit as well. There are some extra Larissa Shepetko material that we're, we will be covering on this Find Your Film episode, including a short film as well, directed by her husband. And what is the name of her husband from uh, the guy who did Come and See, right? What is his name? Do you know? Uh, it's uh, Klimov. I forget his first name. It's like Elam, Elam. Klimov. Elam Klimov. Okay. So we, we will look that, that wrong. <laughs> Don't worry. Don't worry. I get a lot of things wrong. I, I was not able to see the short, but I was able to see our two featured films this week. The first one is just a really crazy movie that is, I just can't believe all the stuff that happened to it. And the other movie is an alien film. So there's a movie called Breaking starring John Boyega, and there's a movie called Alienoid from WellGo USA. These are our two featured. The reason why we're only covering two features is number one, Breaking. We're going to probably get into the weeds regarding that movie. And two, Alienoid, by the way, when we get to it, I there's a plot summary to this. And I think the only way I'm going to describe Alienoid when we do our requisite plot description, the, the plot behind Alienoid is one word. Yes. 
That's the entire movie. <laughs> yeah, yes. Everything that you've imagined in your life, listener, is featured in this 142-minute movie. Is it good? Is it not? Is it great to have a gumbo pot meal that just keeps on stuffing you until you may want to engorge yourself or throw up or maybe a little bit, bit of both? We'll tell you pretty soon. And also, we will be talking about breaking. Eric, you recently went to the theaters last weekend. You saw a recent movie. What movie did you see that you're going to cover this week? This week? Uh, I went and saw Bodies, Bodies, Bodies. Okay. So you're going to give us the lowdown whether it's worth it. I know our buddy, brethren. Uh, yeah, I'll, yes. I'll, I'll just tell you what I thought of it. I think at this point, everyone that wanted to see it had seen it or okay. had yeah. thoughts. But, you know. Okay, I'll throw my two cents in. Two cents. Well, either people are going to be spending two cents, or they're going to be actually uh, just saving their money. Regarding your review on bodies, 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 Bruce. Finally, for your recommendation, what you you going to play a little mind game with us? You get is something? Yes. Okay, my mind game is that is that your virtual background, or am I wrong? The the animated thing on your virtual background. What is that? There's a it is a leopard. Okay, okay. You're going to tell us what that is. There's a leopard, and there's some kind of. Weird. We'll put it this way. This is a 2004 anime that is one of the favorite films by the Daniels. So that should just give you a, just a tiny idea of how crazy this movie might be. Okay. The Daniels, the director, is behind everything, everywhere, all at once. I guess I'm assuming it is one of Bruce and Eric's favorite films of this year, and it's mine as well. Are we? Can we safe to say it's at least a top five film this year, Eric? Bruce, what do you think? Yeah. Uh, but I, I would guess... Um, mm-hmm. if, if we do the, uh, end of the year thing, like we did last time, yes, sir. uh, everything everywhere all at once won't be on my top five because it will be on our top five. Um, uh, you're I, right. On that, our top- that would probably be my best guess on that one. It, good news, bad news. I don't think it will supplant. I don't know if it was released this year. Sweet girl on Netflix. That's my number one, <laughs> either that or red notice. Bruce, everything everywhere all at once. Yes, you shake your head in agreement or in pure disdain. I don't know which one, maybe a little bit, bit, bit of both, but is everything everywhere all at once? Is it a top five for you? Bruce Berkey? Uh, for sure. Yes. Yes. Okay. And I, isn't Sweet Girl, hasn't that been replaced by a brand new movie that's coming out soon? Isn't yeah, that like there's another Jason Momoa Netflix film. I posted this on our Cinematics Facebook group, by the way, which you should join. Listeners, join if you want to actually get some really great movie inside movie talks, some movie arguments as well. These are all friendly arguments, that is. Okay, so just join our Cinematics Facebook group. Yes, the, the aforementioned film that Bruce is mentioning is there's a Jason Momoa film coming out on November in Netflix. Eric, it's, by the way, Netflix is Eric Holmes' favorite streaming service. Is it Eric or am I lying right now? Uh, it's YouTube's pretty good. YouTube's, YouTube's pretty, pretty good. good. Very democratic. Actor. As I great like as it. Netflix Dramatic. is, it doesn't have Hanson versus Predator episodes on it. So. <laughs> okay. Okay. All right. Okay. That is a, that is diplomatic. Very, very good. No, but anyways, in, in all truth, Slumberland, thank you for that. Is that a find your film glassware you got there? Find your film glassware? Uh, no, it's a uh, walk the cinema glass. Oh, oh, walk the cinema glass. Okay. So yeah, walk I just the recorded a uh, thing with them this week. Uh, about the movie cloak, the '84 movie uh, Cloak and Dagger. Mm. So that should be coming up in the next couple of weeks. I'll let you oh. know when it's up. Okay. Maybe. What do you What do you like about the Walk the Cinema podcast? Not just collaborating with them. Oh, and what, Bruce, what do you got <laughs> on the mug? You got a what is that? Is that another '70s mug? What's in it? What, what? It's a purple mug. It's oh, it's a Golden Girls mug. You're not talking about the Golden Girls on a movie podcast, are you, Bruce? You're, you're not going to do that. I mean, you? I'm old, so it's like it's all Golden <laughs> Girls now. <laughs> I'm called, I'm an olden boy. Eric Holmes, what do you like about the Walk the Cinema podcast as a listener? Then as and then second part of that question is as a listener and as a collaborator with them when you talk to them. What's, what's so oh, good they about just, it? Uh, they just uh, pick a movie and just deep dive on it. And uh, um, 
they'll they'll have guests so a lot of times the movies won't you know it'll be at the whim of whatever the guest uh wants to talk about that week and so it's not always the movies um you might expect for a movie podcast kind of similar to when bruce picks a movie out of the box Mm. you know it's just whoever put the movie in the box so it's not uh um curated so you get uh you get some uh pretty popular movies sometimes and you get some oddball movies sometimes and it's just always fun and And they're good people they're good people to talk to and so I, i i will go on their podcast anytime they ask me to Right. And you, you actually are a huge fan of Cloak and Dagger. That's why that was your choice. Well, that one was different um, because I loved that movie as a kid. I, I remember watching it a bunch and then I just haven't seen it in forever. And oddly enough, uh, Juan Diego Escobar Zate posted a thing on Facebook. Uh, it was uh, about the release of uh, Cloak and Dagger. I was like, holy shit, I haven't seen that movie in forever. And then uh, Walk the Cinema hit me up, and it's like, hey, we're doing another round. You want to come on again? I'm like, yeah, sure. And I'm trying to think of a movie to pick. And I was like, you know, I need to rewatch Cloak and Dagger. This will be a good excuse to do so. So Okay, Cloak and Dagger yeah, was your choice. That's going to be coming up in a couple of weeks over at the Walk the Cinema yeah, podcast. Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure exactly, because I think they do a bunch of record a bunch of them at the same time and just kind of um, know Peter Beta's. Uh, I think they recorded his right after mine. Um, oh, cool. And perhaps Bruce might be showing up on there too. Bruce, are you uh, are you willing to show up on uh, Walk the Cinema podcast? Are you, you might do that one of these days. Yeah, I pitched them a couple movies. Actually, I pitched them either The Innocents or the original, or um, The King of Comedy. Ooh, King, The King yeah. of Comedy. Very. Those are very good choices. I'd love to listen to that one. And I remember Cloak and Dagger was a very interesting film when it was released. I actually saw that in theaters. I am so it, old. It, so, it, it made me realize how much I miss Dabney Coleman. Yes. I remember just like, we talk about this on there, so I won't belabor it, but the, there was like this short period of time where it seemed that Dabney Coleman wasn't everything and I loved him and everything. And then just, uh, you know, I, he didn't go away. He kept working. I think he still is. Um, but like, he was a man. Yeah. If he you were, a man, a, for being yeah, honest. If you were, yeah, of course. If you were in the six, if you were born in the sixties or the seventies, the eighties, Dabney Coleman was a very big part of your pop culture life on television, as well as the aforementioned Cloak and Dagger. Now let's get to our first featured film. This is a movie called Breaking, starring headline by John Boyega. And this is one of these movies where Bruce, let me ask you, do we spoil certain things about this movie? How, because this is based on a true story. How far is our reach regarding what we want to talk about regarding the, the plot line and story behind Breaking? What do you think? I, I think you have to talk about the basic situation, like what's what the basic situation is occurring. But I wouldn't talk about how it plays out or even, yeah, I wouldn't get too much into the detail details of it. But I think okay. you can say what happens. Like I mean, that that thing that happens happens in what the first five ten minutes of the movie, probably. As right. far as what where he's actually doing for the movie. I was talking with Anderson, and he did a little bit of a mini review on when I when I saw him today, and he said I, what I said was a little bit of a spoiler. I would love to hear what you what you guys think about what's a spoiler or not. But here's a plot line regarding breaking. When Marine veteran Brian Brown Easley, played by John Boyega, he's denied support from Veteran Affairs. He is financially desperate, and he's running out of options. So what does what is this former military, this former Marine, this Marine, what does Brian do? He actually takes a couple of hostages 
employees hostage in a Wells Fargo bank, actually specifically two hostages, one of them played by Nicole Behari, who I recently interviewed for another movie coming up. So that's very, very interesting. We'll talk about that. This movie is based on, on a true story. And it runs at 103 minutes. It's rated PG-13. Again, John Boyega is the lead. And also, who else is in this? The late Michael Kenneth Williams is also in this film as a hostage negotiator. It also stars Connie Britton as a news producer. Some really interesting casting as well. I'm just going to say right now, John Boyega, probably one of the I, – I, I say this in the in the best of ways, just a really standout dynamite performance that I believe is awards – Tailored for the awards, not it's not made to get Oscars or nominations, but it's a, a it's a role that is suited for an Oscar nomination. I think he's he's a shoe in for a nod. He's excellent in this movie, and I believe his performance, along with the performances of Nicole Behari and Michael Kenneth Williams, they're also good as a supporting actors. I think just based on the performances, this movie breaking is even worth a watch in theaters. But what about the story? Does the story take it over the top? Let's start first with you, Eric. I think you're going to agree regarding the performances. How did this movie uh, sit with you? Um, Well, so first of all, I'm watching the movie and uh, I didn't know anything about this. I didn't know about the true. I didn't even know this was based on a true story. I'm just watching this. And uh, I I think it said maybe said based on a true story at the beginning, but you know, you see that in movies all the time. It doesn't really mean anything. I mean, the conjuring says based on a true story. Technically it is, but ghosts don't exist. Spoiler alert. Um, Uh, Wait, wait uh, a second. Can you say that? Can you say ghosts don't? Bruce, do you, do you take umbrage to that? Or or do you think that, will you uh, support that statement? Or if if any ghost would like to come out and prove Eric wrong, (laughs) we'd be more than happy to listen to that ghost and you can come on and we'll interview you. And I'm not talking about the band. <laughs> it has to be an actual spirit. I am a ghost. Okay, I've seen the innocence. I know. I, I know about ghosts. I, I believe in ghosts. So. I didn't see this review going this direction, but I guess it did. <laughs> so, anywho, um, I think maybe I maybe I like uh, they might have had a title to begin said based on a true story, but I'm just watching it. Um, you know, it it starts off. Uh, you know, pretty slow. It's just him talking on the phone. It's like, okay, this guy's down and out. And then he goes in and he asks for a piece of paper. He, okay. Anytime a uh, main character walks into a bank, oh, this is going to be a bank heist movie. All right, cool. And so he goes in and does all the bank heist stuff and I'm watching that. And uh, John Boyd is just doing his best Denzel impression and is fucking glorious to watch. And I, and then Michael K. Williams comes in, and it's a very strange kind of bank heist because he's not uh, he's not after the bank's money. Uh, he's after uh, he wants to get paid what he's owed by the VA, and that's what this movie is. It's it's an indictment on the VA, um, and uh, it had uh, it had a lot of um, it had a lot of the same feelings I got when I watched The Negotiator. Um, minus the Kevin Spacey stuff now, um, right. so this is kind of it's kind of supplanting okay. the the negotiator right. yeah. a little bit. But so the 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 movie goes along and it's really good. Like I, I'm just I'm just you know on the edge of my seat, just getting closer and closer to the screen every minute of this thing. And uh, by the time it's over, the first thing I did was go on YouTube and look up look up this event because I'm watching it 
um, thinking, oh, they they had to have made that up. That that didn't, you know, th- this is where the air quote base song comes from. That part didn't happen in real life, and that part didn't happen in real life. I go on YouTube and watch the uh, the newscast of this event. I'm like, oh my god, all this actually happened. Like the um, you know, there's uh, there's stuff that they have in the movie that no one could have been there for. Like, there's probably like dialogue bits that uh, they may have made up, um, would have had to made up, but it's consistent with the characters as um, you know. It's the newscast uh, seems to uh, corroborate later on. Well, one of the newscasts. There's another. I think a CNN one that I saw. I, I showed you, Bruce, that they got like they literally got everything wrong. Um, but uh yeah this is uh this is a really good uh heist movie uh, it's, and it's really more what it's going for is uh it's a really good character piece and a really good um kind of documentation of sorts of this event that went down and i think it's really fair too because i don't know how much we want to get into it but john boyega's character um as likable as he is and how much, you know, as much as I'm on his side, he's still, uh, he's still putting two people in a position of, uh, of where they're being fearful and they shouldn't have to be, this is not their fault. You know, they should not be in that position. Um, but I think it, uh, I, I don't think that blame stops at John Boyega's character. I think he goes way back, way further um, to the uh, the VA, you know, the people fight for the country, you know, Hey, look, we got a military that loves to bomb Brown people in other countries. And if you're going to do that, that's going to cost money because uh, certain people are going to, you know, they're going to do their time in the military and you need to take care of them. That's, that's the deal. At least that's, you know, that's the deal that, uh, uh, you know, the recruitment officers uh, present forth. So if you're going to put people's lives on the line, uh, when they come back to America, they should uh, have a golden parachute. You know, the banks don't need golden parachutes. Car companies don't need golden parachutes. Um, and as much as I hate war and as much as I don't respect a lot of what the uh, military stands for and what they do. The thing is they're there, they're doing the thing. Um, the uh, people in the military are doing their jobs. And when they come back, they should be, uh, they should be cared for properly. And this movie shows that that's not the case. And actually talking to people in the military, I know that's not the case. And this movie just blows out wide open. Uh, someone Someone that is a veteran should not have to rob a bank to make ends meet. And in fact, they didn't rob the bank. They just went in to get the news crews there so they could have their story heard because no one gives a shit. No one's talking about it because it's so widespread. And that's, these are all, these are all the things that the movie's about. And that's why breaking is so great. And it's done real well too, because it's not done in the exploitative way. It's just, hey, here's the thing. Like, like, like what I said with uh, John Boyega, like his character has faults. He should not have put those uh, bank tellers in that situation. That was wrong of him to do that. But I also think that the movie holds his 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 character's feet to the fire because um, the movie understands that they, you know, uh, they didn't deserve that either. But you know, this is uh, 
yeah, there's there's a lot to unpack with this movie, a lot going on. And I just think this movie did I, I think this movie handled the event well and um congratulations on them for doing so. Okay. Worth a trip to the theaters, Eric. Yes. Yes. Okay. Now, worth a trip to the theaters, Bruce. Uh yeah, I think so. Absolutely. I can't really add too much to what Eric said. I mean, he pretty much covered what the the main points of this. I would kind of underline the aspect of John Boyega's character. First of all, the performance, I'd underline that twice, three times, because yeah. that performance carries this movie and it's fantastic. And we've been kind of singing the praises of John Boyega for a little while here. So it's nice to see him get a really meaty role where he can really show off what he can do. And one that might get more eyes on it than say um, small acts. But the other thing about this, I think that's really good. Well, also what Eric said, I think is right as well. The idea of that they show both sides of what he's doing. Obviously you are sympathetic to his plight and to the ridiculousness that he's stuck in this position, but you also understand, and they show you very clearly, he is also making a choice that's affecting other people. It's affecting these people that are in this bank with him. It's affecting his family. It's affecting his daughter. So it's not easy. And this movie doesn't make it easy. So it doesn't make any of the answers easy, but ultimately would this have happened if the inciting incident for him, the whole holding back of his check hadn't happened. And last thing I'll put on this, and I would just say, yeah, this is a great movie. You should go check it out. This is also a great example. Cause you know, we've seen how many heist bank robbery movies, bank uh, hostage movies that we've seen. We've seen lots of these things there. There it's a pretty known kind of a, a movie, but this does very quickly and clearly something that catches your eye. So you get his character, he walks into the bank, he does the proverbial, you know, give the note over. And the note says, you know what? I have a bomb. And then he says, trip the alarm. And you're like, wait, what? And the lady that's in front of him, who is terrified, rightly so also was like, wait, you want me to trip the alarm? And he's like, yes, trip the alarm. I'm not here to rob you. And that right off the bat is such a great narrative hook. It makes you go like, okay, what's happening here? So immediately now you're in not only this high tension situation, but narratively you're in a situation where you're like, I don't know what's going to happen here because I didn't know the story either. So, and once again, I think we'd all agree, like probably don't look at the story stuff ahead of time, the real life story stuff, if you can help it, because some of the twists and turns here will probably work a little more effectively. That being said, if you have read about it, I still think it's really good. I still think you'll really get a lot from this. The The story itself has enough human drama in it that I think it, it works no matter what. Yeah, based on human drama, this is directed by Abby Damaris Cor- Corbin. This movie reminded me of a Sidney Lumet type of film. This yeah. kind of high, it's very tension, but not too, not exploitative. Like, like Eric was saying, it just, there's times when they could have been really hammy or ham handed with the, or over, overly sentimental, but it does, the stakes are still high, but it doesn't mean that our, manip, our emotions are manipulated. I really appreciated how subtle a lot of it was, especially towards the third act, which we won't really give away what, what happens t- towards the end. But yeah, for me, this is a high marks for me. I'm giving it four and a half stars. Let's start out. What about you, Bruce? What are you, what are you giving it? I would go four and a half stars. I've seen it once. It could go up, but it's definitely at least four and a half stars. Okay. Eric Holmes. Uh, the first time I watched it, I was at five stars and then I had to watch it again. And now I'm at 6.9. 
I in love with this movie. <laughs> Six point nine stars. Fair. And, and I, th- I think because like the this movie does uh, this movie does two things great. One, it, it um, I think it uh, very thoughtful in the way that it presents the the uh, situation that happened, the event that happened. But it's also it, it it's also doesn't forget that it's a movie and it's yep. entertaining too. And, um, you know, the way they, and I mean, how could the story not be entertaining? Like, if you know the story, it, none of this stuff makes any sense, like, as it's playing out. So it's like, had, like, like Bruce said, I have a bomb, call 911 or trip the alarm. It's like, wait, what? Okay. Yeah. This, <laughs> but, right away, like, we, you're sucked in. If that was a, if it was a fictional movie, you'd be sucked in right there, right? Yeah. You'd be like, oh. Um, What's going on here? I don't want to get into it, but the uh, the uh, local news uh, features prominently in this, and that yep. whole story is just insane too. And by the way, after you're done watching this movie, go find that on YouTube. Like all everything in this movie that just seems like yeah, that just seems like Hollywood stuff they made up that sounds cool. That shit's <laughs> like there's there's video documentation of that actually happening. So yeah, the, the, this is a movie that. Filmmakers really did their homework and it was entertaining to watch and it was also extremely thoughtful. And um I think uh yeah, it was good stuff. Okay, Should good stuff. That out. is okay, yeah, that is again, that is breaking in theaters, only in theaters, by the way, on Friday, August twenty-sixth. What is also in theaters on Friday, August twenty-sixth, is this movie called Alienoid. And here's my next sentence. I give up because I don't even know how to explain. I have watched thousands of movies in my life. I can't, I, I, I refuse to, to give a plot summary to this. There's a, okay. So wait, uh, there's a divine blade. People have been looking for this divine blade for, oh, 700 years. The good news is for Alienoid is it jumps back between two time frames, one 700, 650 to 700 years prior to wherever it's currently set at to present day. So the Divine Blade is being searched on. There's weird timeline situations. There is a woman who is called uh, something with thunder. She's a power with thunder because she actually brings a gun. This actress Kim Tae-ri from uh, what was the what was the movie the hand the Handmaiden was that the movie that Kim Tae-ri was in? But anyways, Kim Tae-ri, she, actress Kim Tae-ri, she plays this woman who is is back in time and she has a gun and she can she can use that gun seven hundred years earlier. And in, within the seven hundred years, there's there's sort of people who are spiritual leaders who have different powers and there's a lot of wire work seven hundred. I don't know. It's fun there, watching the smoke come out of Greg's ears as he's trying to explain. There are the aliens. There are, tent- say, there are tentacles. You mentioned that, that there's aliens that are <laughs> on Earth to protect all the humans that they've they've imprisoned their prisoners inside humans, and that they're here to make sure that the alien prisoners don't get out of the human bodies. And then there's also a, a what is he? An AI alien that's a friend of his that can turn into him, and also, yeah, there's a lot going on here. <laughs> there's also there's also two cats called Left Paw and Right Paw. That is the oh, yeah. sort of the <laughs> that that are cats who can at at any whim can turn into human beings. Oh and, yeah, from the fan. As you oh, did we? This is this oh, is from part of the um, MCWTF. very 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 good bruce there are so many things in this movie oh if you want to see a part of a city get nearly obliterated by red blobs sure 
what about going into a different universe inside a spacecraft filled with redness and different kind of energy? Yeah, sure. And there's what else? What else are we missing? There's just we've just covered about 20% of what Alienoid is. It's look, look, it's described as an action packed Korean sci-fi pick. It was really a big hit in Korea. I guess it's, it, this is a big scale film. Bruce Perky, with all of this plot stuff and all of this story, can you make sense of the most important part? Is Alienoid any good and is it worth watching? Um, yes and no. Yeah, I mean, it. it is, first of all, it's way too long. Um, did, do we mention the big spoiler about the end of this movie? There's a spoiler in this movie. Yeah, something well, they didn't even tell us. There's a part of the title. Movie, how there's a part it? of the title that isn't given to us. Right. There's right. the first part you, you of the can, title. You can say, that's you not can given say that. You can say yes. I didn't can, know till the end of this movie. This is a part one. Okay. Oh. Okay. This is a part one, and yes. this is two hours and twenty minutes. Part one of a movie. So I think it's kind of important to know that going in for anyone who doesn't know that because it doesn't say. Alienoid part one or, you know, whatever. It's kind of good to know that. Anyway, that being said, <laughs> the tone is so weird in this movie. The, 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 yes, it's the comedy. Stuff, well, the stuff way in the past is this almost like goofy mix, like you said, of wire work and, and mysticism and then anachronistic stuff going on and comic relief, comic relief, but yet it's kind of played for action as well. And then some of that's in the future too, but the future is a little more straightforward and it bounces back and forth between the two. And I honestly was hanging on by my fingernails to try to figure out what was happening half of the time. And I would be like, okay, well, that's, that's guard and thunder, I think. And that's the girl who was the baby in the past they brought to the future. And then once again, everyone's like, eyes are rolling as we talk about it. Um, Honestly, I was entertained by a good chunk of it. But I was very, I mean, I was throwing things at the screen when I saw it was part one at the end. Because when it got down and I'd been, I'd spent two hours and 10 minutes and there was like, what, 10 minutes to go. And I'm like, how are they going to wrap up all these storylines? I was trying to figure it out. I was like, I can't even figure out what's going on and how are they going to wrap this up? And then they didn't. And I was like, oh, boo. And I started throwing things at the screen. <laughs> it's like, no, I started, I literally took the stars I'd given it and crossed it out and gave it different stars based solely on that. What about you, Eric Holmes? Alienoid. Uh, this is uh, this is if Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon was an MCU movie, <laughs> yes. and also uh, also like a futuristic sp- space movie. It's, it's God, this movie's insane. Um, the uh, I, I would say as as far as the ending goes, um, there's uh, after credits thing that goes on for a couple more minutes. Did you say after that, or once you saw the credits, you're no, like, "No, I, this. I did see that actually. Oh, that did okay. not make it more clear. <laughs> that- <laughs> no, no, it didn't. But it, it, it kind of, I, I guess, it wrapped up a couple things. But like, yeah, it's air quotes wrapped up a couple things, meaning that, uh, that that's assuming that I knew what was going on to begin with. <laughs> um, this is uh, this, this is just like watching an MCU movie. It's a bunch of flash and bang, and uh, some of it's cool to look at. And uh, at the end of the day, I'm like, what the fuck did I just watch? I, I think it's the going back and forth between the the past and the future. Um, I, a lot of the times I was just, like, I, I liked all the future stuff when they had like those uh, those uh, like Android robot things fighting each other. That that looked pretty cool. The spaceships look cool. Um, the um, 
Yeah. It, it, <laughs> you're like me. Your, your brain just goes <laughs> shut down. <laughs> um, this is uh, oh, did, so I did that. Uh, uh, I, I watched Baraka on Shrooms. Mm-hmm. I should probably watch this on Shrooms. <laughs> I, I, I think if uh, you just want to get high and watch a movie, this is the one to do it with. Um, just don't try to think too hard about what's going on. Cause, just go uh, with the flow. Yeah, Eric. you're yeah, Eric, we're gonna you're gonna lose yourself if you try too hard with it. Was it a laborious 142 minutes for you? Was no. it? Oh, okay. No, it, it it certainly felt long, but it was it just kept getting crazy and weird and stupid and like it, like like you said, uh, I, is that a good thing? I, it can be. Um, it can also be really annoying sometimes. Um. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah, if you're trying to piece this together as you're watching it, it doesn't really make a lot of sense. But um, if it's you also a father, know, father and daughter story, by the way, or robot and daughter story, right? I, I actually didn't. I didn't, <laughs> I didn't mind that too much. I, I thought that you know that worked, but that would probably work better in another movie because mm-hmm. this is this is like a this is a blockbuster type movie. This is a, a turn your brain off movie, and so any of the father or daughter stuff um, probably would have. I think it works in this, but it doesn't work for this. If that makes any sense, like that, that stuff should have been in a different movie entirely. This is a, a one weird movie, man. Yeah. I don't even know if you can turn your brain off because there's so many freaking stories going on. You need to either turn your brain on or just, or like you said, maybe Eric, just enjoy the visuals and turn your brain off and just say, "I'm not going to understand one iota of this movie." Let, let me rephrase that. Don't turn your brain off. Just don't put any power into your brain because this movie will power your brain for you and just drag you through it. Wow. that This is such a confusing movie, Alienoid. Yeah. I. What else am I going to say? It, this has everything. If you want that, what, like Bruce was saying, the wire work, you got it. If you want some car chase sequence, you got it. If you want to have people jumping from building to building or, or 700 years earlier, just from house to house or temple to temple, you got it. it action every single second people dying left and right there's just a lot of things to take in this movie and i loved every single second of alienoid because it is absolutely screwy and crazy and insane i would not recommend it to people who will get annoyed by everything that that's going on but because it's such a a mishmash of things i just ended up really having a great time at the end though it like, like bruce says the warning is this is the first installment of Alienoid, and if it, it's it, the next one's going to come out, I believe in next year. So I'm excited yeah. for Alienoid two, okay. And if there's an Alienoid three, I'm there for it. There are so many characters that your head head is going to spin because it's so funny. For about seven, like for seven minutes at a time, there will be a lead character, and then that lead character won't be seen again for another ten minutes. It is. I don't even know who wrote this. It is just so out of left field. And sometimes out of the field with a lot of action works for me. It didn't feel like an MCU because there's sometimes with an MCU film, I feel a little bit, I don't know, for me, it's MCU. Some MCU films are just a little bit too vanilla for me. This was not, I'm giving this movie a straight up, um, I hate to say it. I, I can't believe I'm going to say this right now. I'm giving Alienoid, this feels like a sweet girl rating right now. I'm giving Alienoid four and a half out of five stars. I'm sorry, dude. <laughs> I love this movie so much. It's so crazy. And I, I apologize to you personally, Bruce. Please give your rating on Alienoid. Um, it would have been three and a half, but it turned into a two. Because I will never put the other half of the movie into my eyeballs. So I got nothing out of this movie. 
So two stars. <laughs> two stars for Bruce. Eric Holmes, you're rating on Alienoid. I'm I'm torn between a five star banger, a three star banger, and a one star banger. <laughs> so what is your an all star banger? It's not a it's not a one star banger. <laughs> what what would be your rating, Eric? Just for I, your own I, personal I taste. I I think three star banger is good for this one. Because yeah, this is fair. this is like uh Yeah, this thing's a mess, but my god, it was it was certainly it was certainly something to behold. Yeah. Um, um yeah, three star bangers. That that one's that one's I think safe because uh some people are gonna watch this and go, what the fuck? What the hell did you make me watch? And other people will watch you go, This thing was fucking sweet. Why'd you hate me? you know? So I I I think three star bangers uh right right on with this. Okay, and so I and I'm with you, Greg. I'm very much looking forward to the second one, just to see if they can kind of out crazy themselves on it. I will be sitting out on that one. Oh no, no, no! <laughs> You're going to be doing the interviews for Alienoid Two once it comes around, Bruce. You'll be doing all those uh, actors and directors. It's all I'll you. Just ask them what they thought about everything, ever all at once. The the movie that actually did it right. Oh, that, bro. That, there you go. Oh no, there you go. We're gonna have everything everywhere all at once. That wasn't a three star banger. That was like straight six point nine stars. Like cause gonna, I, it, it, it did everything everywhere all at once, and it it nailed all of it. This one was just kind of a mess, but it was just kind of like a yeah. When you, you uh, train wreck, <laughs> you're watching it going. <laughs> I can't keep driving. I got to pull over and see what this is all about. Don't worry. For those Alienoid 2 interviews, Bruce, we're going to have the collector, one of the prime characters in Alienoid, just take over your body to do the interviews. You will be possessed. Oh, by the way, this movie is also a possession film. Did you know that? Oh, my God. I I will say something like uh, uh, earnestly um, positive towards this movie Yes, is that I really liked all the designs in this, Mm. the, the, the alien designs, the... The um, the, are you all right there? Yeah, the alien design, right? Yeah, yeah. I like the 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 creature designs and the the like all the alien stuff. Um, the uh, wait, oh geez, my brain just shut off. You know what? Alienoid has had its effect on Eric Holmes. I think he is possessed by like alien. Yes, all the all all the art direction in this, the the spaceships and the the aliens and like how all the technology and stuff works. Yeah. I, I thought all that looked really cool. And uh, yeah, good stuff. Good stuff. Three-star banger for Eric Holmes. Bruce gives it two stars. He is bitter of regarding Alienoid. What star did you make? I was ready to do three and a half, and you guys made me do come back for more. I'm not coming back for more. I'm giving you two stars. I, so I'm giving it four and a half stars for Alienoid. Again, again, Bruce, two. And Eric, three-star banger. August 26th, Alienoid on Friday, August 26th. Okay, so for recommendations, Bruce, you got a movie called Mind Game. You want to do some extra stuff. Why Mind Game and what wh- How? What did you think about this overall recommendation from, what is it, uh, Daniels? Yeah. Daniels. Well, it actually, you can absolutely see where they came from. Uh, this is from 2004, directed by Masaka Yuasa, which uh, made that movie just recently that we wanted to see and never got to see, which I can't remember the name of. But uh, that brand new uh, anime movie we talked about on, on cinematics. But Oh, Inuo. Yeah. Yeah. So he made that. He also made another movie that I'm going to be looking into called The Night is Short, Walk On Girl, which I've been suggested by several people to watch. That came after this movie. But this movie from 2004 called Mind Game, I'm going to read you a quick little blurb. This is on Crunchyroll with ads. That's the only place I could find it. Um, 
This is the little blurb they have. Uh, Loser Nishi, too wimpy to try to save his childhood sweetheart from gangsters, is shot in the butt by a soccer-playing psychopath projecting Nishi into the afterlife. In this limbo, God, shown as a series of rapidly changing characters, tells him to walk toward the light, but Nishi runs like hell in the other direction and returns to Earth a changed man. And that's probably the first 10 minutes of this movie. Um, <laughs> this movie is, in sort of the same ways of the movie we just talked about, this movie is an insane style explosion. There'll be just regular animation, absolutely that same kind of crazy um, explosion of different styles and 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 visuals in the same way that the Daniels do, especially in Everything Everywhere All at Once. I mean, of course, this is anime. Uh, sometimes the characters will be just crudely drawn. Sometimes they'll actually be actual photos of the real actors who are playing the voices kind of superimposed over the animated characters. Um, this movie is a ton of fun. It's vulgar. Sometimes it's, it's, uh, soaringly amazing and beautiful. Sometimes it's, it's, it's quite something. And, Hmm. I won't tell all the ways it goes, but this does, like the Daniels, it does have a way of tying it all together. At first, I thought, well, this is just going to be a frantic mess, kind of like we just saw. Um, but this is, it is not a mess. It keeps itself just from spinning apart in a way that's quite interesting and quite cool. Uh, I think this, if people like anime, definitely this is a must watch. People who want some experimental and more interesting filmmaking that's also just a ton of fun. This is a great watch. I think if you like, it doesn't like Ralph Bakshi, but if you kind of like that real underground spirit and just go for the go for broke style of animation and storytelling that Bakshi had in some of his best works, I think this has that spirit. So I think people who like the, you know, like crazy Bakshi, like we talked about, you know, like Coonskin and some of that stuff, you might like this as well. So Okay. All right, and soaringly beautiful. I, that's a that's a real some really good compliments regarding mind game. So this is like a five, four and a half, five, five thing. Um, I'm gonna go four star because it is a little all over the place at times, but it might go up in my books. Um, but it doesn't quite hit hard emotions like some of the five star animes will, like Bell or some of those movies. But it's pretty darn good. And like like I said, this is one of those movies the first time you're kind of just blown over by all the stuff happening in front of you. So if you see it again, it might sink its teeth into you even a little more. So for now it's four stars. Okay, so that is mind game. That is well it's four stars with the caveat that it could yeah. be something better because of you know it's one of those things where all the images and and ambition kind of just t- takes your breath away, but you still have to process it. Might be an upscale for Bruce Perky. That is mind game, his recommendation of the week. Now Eric Holmes, quickly, you said you could be quick. I guess uh, that's what she said. Bodies, bodies, mm-hmm. bodies. Yes, sir. I remember uh, Anderson Cowan. I think he gave it three stars. He said it's whatever. A lot of people are saying it's a whatever film. Our buddy Andrew Martin didn't like it as much. Some people really love this movie. It got a lot of hype before it got released. Was it worth the hype? All, all the hype, or was it? Did it disappoint you ultimately? Um. The, well, the, this is not really a good movie. Um. But I, I think I understand what they're doing with this. So, bodies, bodies, bodies is the name of a game that they play. Uh, it's like werewolf. Uh, cross between like werewolf and uh, hide and go seek. Turn, uh, you know, everyone draws a piece of paper, and if you have an X on it, you're the murderer. And then, uh, turn the light off, and everyone kind of uh, scatters throughout the mansion that they're in. 
And uh, let's say the three of us are playing, and I sneak up. Uh, we're all wandering around in the dark, and I touch Bruce, and Bruce has to lay on the ground uh, because I had killed him. And then I just run off, and then, Greg, you happened upon Bruce, and you see his body on the ground, and you say, bodies, 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 and they turn on the light, and we all come together. This doesn't really work with three people because you know it was me because you found him, and Bruce is dead, and, you know, I... But with a with a bunch of people, that's it's basically a social deduction game. And bodies, bodies, bodies is um, it. They start playing that, and then once um, an actual body turns up dead, then it becomes a murder mystery, and it plays out as if um, the writer had played a game of werewolf and wrote down the uh wrote down everything that was going on as they were playing that game and just adapted that into a screenplay um and ends with a punchline i kind of like the punchline totally saw the punchline cut well I, I i didn't see it coming but like when that thing happens i'm like oh i bet i it'd be funny if this happened and then the end of the movie happened and i was like oh okay that did happen okay cool um so when you play games like werewolf uh or Blood on the Clock Tower, or Mafia, or stuff like that. Um, they're fun games to play, um, you know, because you get to you get to kind of uh, you know you get little information or get little clues from social cues from uh, the people you're playing against, and it's 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 fun to play. But there are certain game mechanics in the in that that doesn't work in real life because you're playing a game, you know. That'd be like if uh, that'd be like if you're watching uh, a movie based on Monopoly, and uh, one of the rich guys needs to go to their uh, one of the places they own, but the character has to roll a dice and go, okay, I guess I get to walk two feet now. You know that that kind of direct translation doesn't doesn't work for a movie as they did. They clearly did in this. Um, if they didn't, I'd be very surprised. Um, so I kind of saw what they were going for. It was an interesting experiment, I guess. I don't think it worked. And in fact, I think um, because there's a, a YouTube channel, it's like a, there's a YouTube channel, No Rolls Barred, and they play Blood on the Clock Tower, which is a social deduction game. They're just playing it live. And I think something like that is a lot more entertaining to watch than a movie based on that, if that makes any sense. Like basically I'd rather play the game or I'd rather watch someone play the game than watch a movie, you know, kind of doing a realistic take on something that's inherently silly and doesn't really work. Um, but it, it had a couple good stuff, it, you know, a little bit of good stuff to it. And I appreciate that uh, they tried something here. I just didn't like it. What's your rating on bodies, 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 Eric? I will probably go star and a half. Star one point five stars if I'm being generous. We're gonna go one point five stars on bodies, bodies, bodies. That means do not see this movie. I had to actually, I can find it. Ken Cunningham, our buddy over at the Cinematics Facebook group, he actually broke down the five star system. I need to use that as the template for our find your film. What's his? Uh, what, what's his system? Maybe I. <laughs> well, we got. I got to pull it out. I got. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay, no so way. yeah, I got to find it. But it's it's a template. I think I got to find, copy it, put it on the Google yeah. Doc. And that's going to be. I, our I thing. think Anderson. If Anderson said three stars, I guess that'd be fair. Because um, there, there's some good stuff here, but it's it's for you. It's one point five. It, it's kind of a swing and a miss for me. Yeah. Yeah. Did you know that Anderson gave 
breaking three stars. Do you guys know that? Just interesting, little interesting yeah. piece of yeah. He said that's he said based on the performance of John Boyega's three star film. But I'm glad that all three of us really loved it a little bit more than our buddy Anderson Cowan over at Cinematics in the Film Vault and After Disaster. Now, before we get to our box movie, Peter Beta, I'm sorry, Peter Beta. He, I, should we let him drop the beat one more time, Bruce? Because I'm I'm sick of having Pete on the show. We we run the middle class film class ads. He's been the skin beater. I'm gonna, I said it. He's been the, the skin, skin beater. beater. He's been the skin beater for for so many months now. I think we might need a new skin beater. What do you think? Do you think Peter Beta continues to beat the skins with the drums? Could, does, he, does he drop the beats and the skins? What do you think? I mean, we can let him beat the skin this time if he wants. <laughs> Don't beat the skin beat. Drop that beat. All right, that was a little repartee. Grab that meat. <laughs> Pete, grab that meat. That is, yeah. You know what? I'm not even going to cut that little uh, <laughs> little comment from Eric Holmes. Pete the beta, we love you. Drop the beat, the skins, and keep going on like he didn't just say the funniest thing I heard all week. <laughs> <laughs> very, very good. We love you, Pete the beta, and uh, your buddies, your boys, Tyler and, and Joseph over at Middle Class Film Class. Check their podcast out now for our box movie. Bruce Perky, we have some slap face inspiration from Jeremiah Kipp, a filmmaker that we both, uh, all three of us really enjoyed. We love slap face. What's the movie we're covering this week? Uh, the Samuel Fuller movie from 1951, war movie called The Steel Helmet. And uh, do you want to intro it or I'll intro it? I know we all saw it. I can do it yeah, real quick. You, you want it. You can intro yeah. it. I think you're so excited uh, about this movie. It's it's pretty. It's a pretty interesting war movie. I'm very interested to hear what you guys think of it. Um it starts out with Iron Mike, played by uh, Gene Evan, Evans. Gene Evans, um, yeah. Yeah. And the very beginning of the movie is you literally see the Iron Helmet with a bullet hole in it. And he is, uh, yeah, <laughs> if you can see the video, you can see the background of Eric. And uh, he kind of rises out from this pile of all of his dead uh squad mates he's basically the only one that survived apparently the bullet went in the helmet bounced around on the inside of the helmet and came out the other side and he was very lucky man uh he is like the epitome of kind of this hard-boiled you know i guess you'd say a journeyman soldier type you know he's always got a stogie in his mouth either smoking it or half smoking it and all that kind of stuff but right out of the gate Oh, and this place takes, takes place in the Korean conflict, which is one of the only movies to take place in the Korean conflict, especially one of the only movies to take place at the time it was occurring. So this is like concurrent with the Korean conflict. And, uh, he, you know, he's helped, uh, untied and helped out by a young, um, South Korean boy named Short Round. Short Round. I was like, wait. You mean the short round appeared before there was a character named short round and he even describes what short round meant, which I don't think I ever heard that. Did they describe that in the original temple of doom? I don't remember. I haven't seen temple of doom since it was in theaters actually, to be honest. Yeah. So he talks about, he'll talk about in here, like where he got that phrase to call this kid short round. And that kid basically wants to follow along with him and, you know, kind of tags along and becomes his, his guy. And then they eventually join up with other ragtag teams and, may basically form a larger ragtag squad which goes forward and they end up in this temple and a good chunk of the movie takes place in this temple and this movie is pretty damn cool it starts out as a very uh, kind of a low budget cool kind of uh 
I would say kind of an indie for that time war movie, but pretty somewhat standard at the beginning. And as it progresses, it becomes less and less standard. And by the end, it's done some very, very interesting things that you don't see hardly at all in, in movies of this type at made in that time. Uh, I don't want to spoil some of the things that happen towards the end, but there's some pretty, pretty interesting things that occur. You know, so Samuel Fuller, okay, he served as a youth in, in newspapers. He, so he was a newspaper man. After being a newspaper man, he served in World War II. I don't know if you guys noticed this, but when you watch something like The Steel Helmet, did you feel like the actors in the film felt like real people in the military? They didn't feel like actors or did you not pick up? They just, I, they just had faces that I, I really liked. I, I, I feel like that's some, that's a trademark regarding the Samuel Fuller films I've seen. Did you feel that regarding the, the ensemble with the steel helmet? What did you guys think? Um, having not been in the military, I have no idea. <laughs> um, having watched uh, war movies. I, yeah, I suppose so. Um, I, I just got really, uh, really strong fear and desire vibes from this one. The Stanley Kubrick movie that people seem to hate for some reason. Um, but, uh, yeah, it was kind of, uh, it, it, it was a decent war movie, you know, kind of, uh, and actually it's weird that we also watched The Ascent this week because I watched those two back to back and both movies are kind of jumbling, merging around in my head, uh, cause they have, uh, a lot of similarity, similarities. Um, but, uh, Actually, and it's weird that uh, the character is named Short Round, because the main character in this kind of has that sort of uh, Harrison Ford swagger that Indiana Jones does. So, I wonder, I wonder how much, um, how much Steven Spielberg owes to uh, uh, the Steel Helmet for uh, Indiana Jones too. Not yeah. just with the name Short Round, but just their their character dyna- dynamics. Yeah, I think I think it's a straight influence. You, you see, I mean, I, it's been years since I've seen Temple of Dune, but but I remember just as an Asian kid watching. Oh, this short round character is one of the first Asians I've seen in actually in a movie. It's really cool that I I, I see someone who kind of looks like me in a prominent role in a film. So that was really cool. And then here, years later, as a fifty year old, for the first time seeing William Chun as short round and thinking this movie. Which was released in 1951. He has a prominent role in the movie as well. And what's great about this is there are minority roles that actually get high prominence in the Steel Helmet. Look, that's for 1951. That's pretty a, a rare thing. There's a Sergeant Tanaka played by Richard Liu L O O. He has a prominent role as well. There's a black actor, James Edwards. He plays Corporal Thompson. He's the medic. He has a big role as well. So it's not just Gene Evans as Sergeant Zack, who's sort of a precursor or maybe an influence or maybe a parallel lane to someone like a what? Like a Sergeant Rock type of character, right? So this is a very interesting movie. Just on a base level, 85 minutes. It's not 142 minutes like Alienoid. It's a very short movie and it really works as just an entertaining World War II, as Samuel Fuller liked to call his stories. He loved calling his stories yarns it's a grade a yarn so for me it hits on definitely all the levels i would give this just because i've always been a samuel fuller fan biasly this is a samuel fuller classic five stars for me for the steel helmet it, I, I mean it was a lot of it was shot in griffith park here in los angeles for what they did with the money uh, he, he pulls a really great drama out of this your rating bruce perky on the steel helmet I, I'm a little lower because some of the stuff is a little clunky i mean i, I especially think the first Mm, third, um, not quite half, but about the first third doesn't quite kick into gear for me. But the last 
part is so strong that I really like it quite a bit. I, I say I'll probably go four stars on this. Four stars on the steel helmet. Your rating, Air Combs, on the steel helmet. I think I'm right there with Bruce. Um, also, I, I did uh, appreciate that they uh, had, uh, you know, the uh, air the enemy or Asian, uh, one of the guys in their thing, uh, in their platoon or group or whatever. It, uh, he's Asian, so they got to uh, they got to play a little bit of with that whole uh, idea of uh, what a traitor is. Um, traitor to the military traitor to your country your people that you know to i think they did a really good job of playing around with that and uh yeah it's a it's pretty decent pretty decent war movie and i i hate to bring this up but we as soon as you mentioned jeremiah kip it reminded me of in bodies 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 they do play slap face in that movie so that's where the point five starts come from the point five starts come from but yeah but yeah the seal helmet uh if you want to watch a good like older war movie um be tough to do better than this one i think okay so that is it. We're going to do the Larissa Shapitko thing, I believe, as a separate little maybe hodgepodge. Okay, so we will talk about that shortly. Before we go, Bruce, did you want to um, take something out of the box? See what we got? What's in the box? What's in the <laughs> Roblox? What's, what's in the box? box? I don't know. I haven't picked it up. You better read what's in the box before we start playing slap face over the internet. <laughs> well, oh my gosh, what a... A terrible thing. I'm going to have to do this. But uh, this just got suggested by uh, someone just about a week ago. And that is The Big Lebowski. <laughs> the Big Lebowski. Okay. <laughs> Which I've seen yeah. a lot of times, but I haven't seen it for quite a while. So uh, this was um, from... Who's re- who, do, who? You got somebody to tell me this. Somebody you interviewed said to put this in the box. I forget who it was. Okay. Well, I forget. Yeah, I forget. I've had so many interviews. Martin, and- Martin Lakemeyer? Oh, yeah, yeah. Martin Lakemeyer from either, I believe, from The East, the movie The East. Yeah, The East. Yes. Okay. So, Big Lebowski. It's the one everyone's seen, but hey, now you have an excuse to watch it again if you haven't done it for a while. (laughs) Okay, so What's wrong with that? Oh, my God. I'll have to wear my my Walter shirt for that one. Okay, so I believe it's my... Is it my turn for the director spotlight after Larissa? Or is it, it is. Or, so yes. yeah, two weeks out, we'll do yours. So do you want to announce what it is going to be? Yes, I'm going to announce it's actually like The Ascent. It's going to be a war-themed film. And like The Ascent, it's going to be only one movie for the director. His name is Samuel Fuller. And the movie that we're going to be covering is a movie called The Big Red One in yes. a couple of weeks. So that is a... Stay tuned for that. That's I have a lot to say. excited dog. I have a lot to say about the movie. Unfortunately for Bruce and Eric, you're going to have to... Pay a couple of bones, a couple of dollars to go see it on digital as, as well as you, dear listener. The Big Red One, join us on this really interesting expedition, which starts Lee Marvin and Mark Hamill. And I believe one of the Carradines, I believe, I believe Robbie, Bobby Carradine from um, what we turned the Revenge of the Nerds, one of those things. Interesting movie. So would be our buddy Matt Stillman has already seen that as well. So tell us what you think and we, and check us out next week on Find Your Film and oh, final thoughts from you, Eric Holmes. I I have no thoughts. Alien only took them all. Just <laughs> ran away with them. That is a great thought or no thought to have. Bruce Perky, we're ending as per usual the episode with you. I also have no thoughts. <laughs> My brain has also been drained by something. Maybe it was Alienoid. Maybe it was Mind Game. I don't know. Oh, that, what? Watch Breaking. It's coming out this week. It's a good okay. movie. Check Watch it out. Breaking. Watch Breaking and, and uh, listen to our conversation on Larissa Shapitko and her film, The Ascent. So we will see you guys next week here on Find Your Film.